Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. This show was previously recorded. The Egg Bowl, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, the battle for the golden egg. You think this one won't go down in the books as one of the classics of the Ole Miss Mississippi State Series? It really has to. No matter how it comes out, no matter who wins it, this has been one whale of a football game. A rivalry steeped in history, one of the longest uninterrupted series in the country, and it's what the entire state talks about every fall. Waiting for the snap. There it is, and it's placed down. There's the kick. It turns! It turns! It is no good! And that ball was held up by the wind, blew it completely to the left of the kicker in the goal post. He was plenty high and plenty long. This is unbelievable. Because it is unbelievable, we love it. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Thank you for being with us. Hey, we're going to jump right into the college football fix today, spend uh, a little bit of time with a couple of guys that have known each other for a long time. One went to school at Ole Miss, and the other wishes that he did. We'll get to that in just a second. Uh, we remind you, though, first, though, that the college football fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford Tough. You can test drive one at your local Mississippi Ford dealer today. All guests on the show appear on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. Mississippi Farm Bureau. To my left is John Darnell, and to his left is Bo Russell, and uh, two guys that have known each other for a long time. Played against each other in high school, and then both from northeast Mississippi made their way on to Ole Miss, in John Darnell's case, and Mississippi State in Bo Russell's uh uh, case, and let me just tell you, Bo loved Mississippi State so much that he sent his daughter to Ole Miss, and he now lives in Oxford. So, I mean, you know, it must have been a great experience. Guys, what's up? Thanks for having us. Thanks for sabotaging me. Uh, you're good. <laughs> I mean, Bo is from this guy. You know, hey, Dad, I do have the one thing that a lot of Ole Miss football fans don't have. What's that? A degree from the University of Mississippi. <laughs> oh. How about that? Another good one. Uh, He's been waiting on that all day. Yeah, yeah, set me up, didn't he? (laughs) He was practicing that joke in the mirror. Yeah, he was. He's like, I got it. I got it. I guarantee he was. Um, Uh, Bo's been sending me pictures for the last few days as well. You sent me one of them. Most of them were not terribly flattering to to your friend John Darnell. Well, no, John. I got some, too. I just didn't send them. You know, I'm going to have to save those for another time. Did did you wear your jersey, John? I can't remember. Did you fold your jersey underneath your pads so everybody could see your your six-pack? Good reason for that. But um, I, I did. I, I, I did John, notice. I think John's six pack was on a Friday night before the game. If I, 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 oh no! I can remember coming up to the line of scrimmage thinking, 
Why has Bo got his jersey rolled up and tied in a knot like that? But, yeah, that's, that's the way he did it. So, But he had more muscles and everything. He was yeah. more of an athlete, you know. All right. right. I, I was a zero star. This guy was a four-star athlete. Four-star athlete. Yes. Let's uh, let's go back to the beginning. Corinth High School for you, John. Uh, yeah. Itawamba for uh, for you, Bo, and and you guys played against each other going way back, right? Oh yeah, eighth grade, I think. Yeah, and uh, started playing Fulton, and I guess we're in the same district. Yeah, and um, you know played them in high school. Had some had some good games. One game, I think we won pretty bad, but they beat us my senior year over there in Fulton. Around yeah, the, well, in that brick broken wall. finger. Yeah, we. Uh, I learned something. I'd seen somebody call a halfback pass on the goal line. We did we go in overtime? Yeah. Was it we were in overtime? First and I'd seen somebody run a halfback pass on the goal line on college football and I made the suggestion to our coach, said, Why don't we run a halfback pass? We had a backup quarterback was a tailback. Well, we ran it and got intercepted. I don't know who. Did you intercept it? I think so. Oh, gosh. Yeah. See, here we go. There you go. So we got intercepted in <laughs> zone. Ball game. They beat us. But that's the one thing I do remember about that game. Bad call. Bad idea. I, yeah. I'm just impressed that as a high school senior, you were able to convince your, your yeah, coach to well, run a play that you guys I, roll out in overtime. Yeah. I don't think, yeah. I, don't think we, I ever had that kind of stroke with my coach. Now, granted, <laughs> I was a lineman, but they don't want to listen to us. But <laughs> still, situation might have been a little different. Yeah. He shouldn't have listened to me, that's for sure. Well, like I said, John was, was a superstar recruit in the area. Other than Wesley Walls. Wesley mm. was a five-star. Everybody wanted him. And... Uh, yeah, kind of where we really got to know each other is we all went to the All-Star game and played an All-Star game together. Okay. That's when they had the North versus the South. Yep. And we were on the North, and, and we had some really good players. Um, uh, besides besides Bo, we had Wesley Walls, Tony Bennett, Pat Coleman, Jesse Anderson that went to Mississippi yeah. State. Played yeah. t- they all played in the NFL for years. Yeah. And um, Jesse in the uh, Thunder and Lightning. What? Uh, well, uh, I got a question for you. Thunder yeah. and Lightning. Is that Sean Sykes or Robert Smith? No. Are you sure? I'm positive. Okay. I'm positive it's not them. Because that Thunder and Lightning ran all over me and <laughs> stomped me in high school. <laughs> and John. Yeah, he's talking about the. You talking about the guys from Louisville, right? No, I'm talking about. Uh, oh, Robert, uh, that, yeah, Robert Sykes Smith, and Sean Robert Sykes. Smith. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, they they killed us. Um, but we had two guys from Louisville. They played with you at Mississippi State. Yeah, we had nine Taylor, people. Taylor and uh, Jeremiah Sankster. Nine guys that went to Mississippi State off that North team, and we had like five or six yeah. off the North. So it did went y'all win this All-Star game? We lost. We lost. Who was on the South we lost. team? And, uh, we lost because Wesley Walls couldn't kick a 49-yard field that's goal. That's right. Wasn't it? Yeah. Well, and, um, <laughs> luckily, he didn't have to do that in the pros to make any money. <laughs> well, he came close. He, he thought he made it. He kept jumping up and yeah, down. Yeah, he threw, he threw his helmet, and all the pads came out of his helmet. <laughs> well, the next year, this is a true story, the next year he got invited back to be because he won the Sportsmanship Award. Right. He was just <laughs> making his helmet. Yeah. I was like, what? That <laughs> is so rigged. That is so rigged. Uh, anyway. All right, so, so he, he was dirtier than I was. So, so Wesley started out in college on the defensive side before he made the move over to tight end, right? That's, That's right. right. Yeah, and then he um, senior year moved to tight end. I heard him tell that story the other day at the Alabama game. Two guys he introduced me to about how we were throwing the football before practice one day. And Coach Red Parker said, have you ever played tight end? He said, well, actually, I played in the high school all-star game with John. And, um, you know. And, they, and Red they, Parker they, didn't know that. 
Yeah, it's a different time, man. Yeah. Nobody had film and all that. That's right. Nobody was scouting. Anyway. Red, Red Parker had you running the option. Yeah, well, you know he had me running ops because you were over there trying to kill me. <laughs> but, hey, um, I knew we had him when uh, John's running ops. You know, my, my introduction to <laughs> Cole. So, so we moved to Oxford in November of 1988. And, and so it was really the 89. I was eight years old. It was the 89 season where I really kind of started watching. So the first Ole Miss jersey I had was a number four jersey. I, I've told him before that, and, and he's laughed at me. But my introduction to college football was a Red Parker offense, <laughs> which it's amazing that I'm here today and love the game. Well, yeah, Wait, I mean, no, I, no disrespect intended, right. but you I mean, know, we talk about all the time. You might have seen a Rocky Felker offense. You oh, really God. Really I saw one of those too. Yeah, <laughs> I saw enough of that to go around. Uh, We've had no hate on me, coach. No, no. Goodness gracious. <laughs> All right, 87, 88, 89. Those were the three Egg Bowls that the two of you played against each other in, right? Yeah, That's yeah. Bo probably played in 86. He I played special teams in 86. Yeah, I didn't get to play in that game. Uh, but um, yeah, we, we've had plenty of time to talk about this over the years. Our, our daughters played soccer together growing up, and Bo always made me coach the, the little girls in soccer, and then he would yell at me from the from the sideline. But um, anyway. Along, along but, with everybody else. Yeah, we, we had a lot of time to talk about all these games and how times have changed with football, and we just have a, have a good time with it. But, um, yeah, we had some good games. We were talking on the way over here. I walked down with him, and uh, we are talking about, what do you remember? And the weather was one of the things that yeah. for two years yeah. it rained. Now, all three games that you guys played were in Jackson. Yes. 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 It, it was two years later, 91, when it moved back to campus. Right. Yeah, yes. we never when played I was in on campus. School, it was back on yeah, campus. Yeah, we never played on campus. That 88 uh, game, I mean, there were tornado sirens going off. Yeah. I was there. Yeah. I, I was there. And yeah, it, was, it. it was unbelievable. My, my dad was one of those, yeah. no, we're not leaving types. <laughs> so I suffered with you to the last snap of that game. I they promise. spotted the ball yeah. several times, and it would float off. Yeah, it was <laughs> <true>. <laughs> kid you not. Oh, it's, he's, not telling, he's not lying. It was yeah. But, but, but I, I usually play good in the rain because I would be just as fast as everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> you you were talking about? The game changed, and it obviously changed a lot of offense. But yeah. back in your day, a uh, receiver came over the middle. It was just that's open season. Oh, yeah, that you, guy. Be, you better defend yourself. And, oh. and now, now, I mean, that's going to be a fifteen yard penalty nine yeah. times out of ten. Yeah. I went back and watched the LSU game from '88, and I would have been ejected <laughs> at least fifteen times <laughs> that I could see on, on the film. I mean, yeah. you would take headshots. Yeah, you know, and uh, you'd be called out if you didn't targeting. Uh, yeah, and but also, so so it's I, pro- I it's probably also- had uh, I probably had at least ten concussions myself. I remember yes. playing in the Auburn game one time as a, a retro freshman, looking up. I don't know why I looked up, but I looked up and last thing, the first thing I heard was the whole stands going ooh. <laughs> That's not a I good thing. No. I get up and I'm running to the sidelines at the 50 yard line and I make it to the state sidelines on the 30. Oh. So that's how far I was going off. Didn't miss a play because you, you got back in and yeah. if you, uh, You're you, missed all right. a play, you missed a play, you know, they put somebody else in. Hold on, boys. We'll be right back. Sports Talk Mississippi. More right after this. This show was previously recorded. Gallo knows Mississippi better than anyone. No one gets better interviews than him. Gallo. He asks all the questions everybody wants to know. Mornings on Super Talk Mississippi. Whether you're a rebel, a bulldog, a golden eagle, or just a sports fan, Super Talk Mississippi has got a podcast for you. For you. 
Sports Talk Mississippi, The Rebel Report, Thunder and Lightning, The Super Talk Eagle Hour are all now available for you. And it's all free. Free. Get them all on demand at supertalk.fm and on your smartphone. Just search for Super Talk on iTunes, Google Play, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. This show was previously recorded. This week, are you more excited for the turkey or the egg? Getting you ready for the Egg Bowl. Sports Talk Mississippi. Now, here's more on the Super Talk app, supertalk.fm, and on Super Talk Mississippi. I mean, eggs go with everything else. Is there any reason they couldn't? I'm pretty excited for the turkey. Go with turkey? Yeah, I am too. I think since you're cooking it. The uh, It's going into the brine tonight. All right. Yeah. Okay. 24 hours of brine. Going to let it sit for, what, 24 or so hours? Okay. I don't brine. I'm not a briner. Yeah, this is the first time I have like that. Okay. But I've got, I think i got a good brine mix. Hey, that's coming to my house for Thanksgiving. That's right. I've I've heard. You know, I've been to a lot of Thanksgiving tailgates and stuff for this game, but I don't think I've ever been to one where I was the only Bulldog. You're not. Oh, there's more? Half of my family went to Mississippi State. Well, that's the good half. There you go. Yeah, well. We'll see. Come live in Oxford. <laughs> no. <laughs> Tell me about the house you bought in Stark. Well, no. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, uh, Bo. I'm in an yeah. Oxford. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we got plenty of space in my neighborhood. He said he wanted to do this. He said he wanted to do this. That's what he thought you were going to be professional. That when, was his mistake. When the uh, wife says you're moving, you move. Yeah, that's true. I understand that. That's uh, true. Absolutely. Uh, conversely, when the wife says you're not moving, then you're done moving yeah, also. Yeah. Stay. Yeah. Uh, all right. Egg Bowl memories. You, you were telling me a second ago, you, you kind of have trouble remembering. So the weather stood out. Does anything else stand out? I remember one thing distinctly that really has nothing to do with football. But basically, we were, you know, back then you could tackle people out of bounds, yeah. way out of bounds, yeah. over into Get the cheerleaders. The yeah. yeah, into the cheerleaders and try to take a cheap shot on one of the male cheerleaders. You know, that's always <laughs> one of my favorite things to do. Are you serious? Oh, I laid somebody out at Auburn one time. They had him over here and he had his nose up. But. <laughs> There these three little say that before. Oh, man, Matt, football players love to even quarterbacks love to cheat shot a male cheerleader. Yeah. But uh, any event, we're on the sidelines, and I see these three kids, and I mean they are they are dressed up. They you could tell they're rich kids, and had nice clothes on. They had three Ole Miss jerseys on. So I'm running back to the huddle, and I kind of see them, and I was a ball boy growing up, and I always like to engage with ball boys, so I see them and kind of brush up on them, and I kind of, you know, what the hell are you looking at? <laughs> and uh, the little one got scared, and he kind of ran behind him. When he did, I grabbed his towel. He had, you know, he had the towel to wipe off the balls. I grabbed his towel, and I, like, rubbed up my face and my hands, threw it out on the field. I said, get that, and I ran out on the field. And the whole game, I'm kind of messing with them a little bit. And this is a game we're winning. When you win, you know, you can yeah. kind of engage in people. When you're losing, you're just watching the clock and praying for a win. See these kids after the game. They come walking by John. I go, John, there you go. who are these? Who are the, whose kids are those? He goes, oh, those are Archie's kids. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, well, that's See, the most unathletic. Well, the older one looked a little athletic. I said, that is the most unathletic kids I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I don't know what John said. I'm not going to talk bad about him, but 
to so this you, day. You bullied Eli Manning. I, what you I, say. They thought that I was the Darth Vader in Maroon. They looked at me, <laughs> and I don't know if they remember that. I wish somebody would ask them. Now, we, but, we talked about you getting Eli on this week. But, You've got but to make that happen. I, I would love to know if they remember me from that. But I thought, my God, how, how unathletic they are. But <laughs> I did had no... John's not saying anything, I but I did not know... I'm just trying to get the right I did not know on. they had golden arms. What's that? Four Super Bowl championships out of those yeah. guys? Yeah. yeah. How did it work out for them? Oh, very well. <laughs> They're doing Better all right. Better than me. They're doing all right. <laughs> <laughs> and heck, Cooper's probably the richest one. He's oh, been managing yeah. all that money down there. Was well, you know he's the, he was the most athletic looking of the three of them. They're probably about five years old, <laughs> ten years old. He's like saying the 12. guy who didn't play is the most athletic. One. Well, he looked that way. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> any game memories that stand out? Story. I mean, we got plowing cheerleaders on the sideline, male cheerleaders. Uh, I never tried. I never. Got I tried to make this. Eli Manning cry. Uh, uh, I remember tackling John about the fifth because they were run the option. He was my responsibility. <laughs> that was uh, tough day. Yeah, for you. you know, I, for I you. practiced for years against Don Smith and Orlando Lundy. <laughs> I get John, and I'm thinking, I got this. <laughs> I knew we were going to win that egg bowl probably about the first quarter. Uh, but um, I remember tackling John probably about towards the middle of the game or something. I remember John goes, "Are we still friends?" <laughs> And I go, I think we are. <laughs> Helping him up. I wasn't a big talker in the games, though. No. No, just no. the ball boys. Yeah. Well, people yeah. I could, you know, <laughs> weren't going to retaliate against right. yeah. <laughs> Let me find the defenseless, yeah. and I'll go after them. Yeah. That's uh, it. All right, Darnell, what about you? Me- memories that stand out from your three Egg Bowls. You know, the the one we talked about this last year with Hey Dad losing that 87 game was a, was a bad memory. I do remember that. That was a bad day for me, a bad day for us as a team. But I guess the 88 and 89 games we won. The 89 stands out because it's my last one. And I, I don't know if we were losing at halftime. It was close. We weren't playing very well. And I can just remember sitting in at halftime thinking, I've got to get it together here. And we had a really good second half and ended up winning. And uh, that win put us in the Liberty Bowl. So that was a big day, big day for us, you know, to win against Mississippi State and go on and play in a bowl game. But, um, you know, they're all special because you grew up here in Mississippi and probably three-fourths of our team was from Mississippi, probably like yeah. probably like y'all. And, and so it just meant a lot, you know, because we played against them, known them forever, called each other during the season and, you know, pulled for them, weren't, weren't playing them. And, Did you? you? Know, well, of course, you know, they're our friends, so you want them to, you want them to do well when they're playing Auburn or Alabama or somebody like that. But, um because they're, you know, they're your friends. I mean, at that, at that, is that how that goes? But um, anyway, so it, it was always big playing Mississippi State. Coach Brewer really took it personal because, um, you know, that was a big week for him. That week and LSU were always important to him. He put an emphasis on those two games, and uh, probably Coach Felker did the same thing because yep. he played at Mississippi State. So we, you know, we're playing for two guys that played for the school they were coaching so it meant a lot it was a big game and and uh just fortunate that we we won more than we lost and and um you know it was uh i'm, I'm kind of like brown i heard him say earlier he hated this week but it's also his favorite week kind of yeah. kind of for me i you know you want to you want to you look forward to it but you just like man you want to be over with yeah you're just time. like let's just win this thing and and, and get to the next week all so. right so uh, this may be more of a fan question than a, a former player question but when you go back to playing it 
for a lot of fans, this game ends, and if you win, it's not like celebration. It's kind of relief. I think that's a word that Haydad used earlier. Whereas if you lose, you just feel miserable. What about when you're a player? When you win this game, was it a sense of relief that you won the game, or was it, you know, excitement and jubilation and joy and all of that stuff? Um, I can say for '87, we're just glad the season was over. And uh, <laughs> most most everybody, well, we don't have to practice on Monday. Yeah. That's what we're thinking. Um, you know, we lost, and it was a terrible year. And let's just move on to the next year. So that was, you know, we we flushed it pretty quick. You know, when you win, I don't know. I don't remember celebrating for a week or anything like that. You were just glad you won and moving on to the next one. Yeah, I remember uh, us winning in '87, and that was the first year. We hadn't won since 82. Mm -hmm. So nobody on our team had ever beaten Ole Miss. Even redshirt seniors had never beaten Ole Miss in and, 87. And 82 was John Bond's last year? Or that was his junior year? year. Yeah. That was it. They okay. should have won in 83. That was yeah, the we were talking about that earlier. Kick. Yeah. Uh, but that group of 83 was going to be uh, Don Smith uh, 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 and that group of guys never beat them. Yeah. And uh, I feel bad. I felt bad for those guys, but we won. And if you go back and look, I think you have to go back into the 50s to find a, t a Mississippi State team that did not at least beat Ole Miss or tie them. They had a lot of ties back in yeah. the, Vaughn, in the Vaughn 60s. Vaughn had 18-year unbeaten streak. Yeah. So that, Which, can you imagine that now on either side? Yeah. I mean, it would be mass suicide. I mean, hey, hey that's saying if, if Leach doesn't win this year and it's three in a row, I mean, next year it's just it, it's, it's got to win. simple. You either win it or you're gone. He's gone. Yeah. You know, and our great uh, athletic director that we did have, you know, fired the guy that beat Ole Miss two years in a row and hired a guy that's lost them two years in a row. So, uh, well, you, you need to apply for this job. I think you got the right. Vision. Oh, you know, you know, got a baseball coach trying to hire a football coach. Hmm. Good I, luck can, at Auburn. Can, can he live in Oxford to be the AD of Mississippi State? <laughs> I think we, 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 we can get his. You might work around. Zoom that. makes it work. Yeah. yeah, we can make it happen. Yeah, I'll I tell you what. I need to be better friends is what yeah, I've learned well, in this interview. You need to get me and Johnny Guccio. Mm -hmm. On on your your life, yeah, yeah, thunder and lightning. We need to make this happen. We're, we're, yeah. gonna, we're gonna make it happen soon. Yeah, we we'll get Johnny on. We'll, we'll get, get, we'll get, get some uh, high school memories because he'll talk about my cousins too. Oh, uh, so. and and get uh, Brian Hudson, the first American yeah. Gladiator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those two guys. Did you play together? with David Fair? I did. He was a year behind me. What might have been? What, a, what, what might yeah. have been? Yeah, yeah. All right, we got thirty seconds of the break. Um, what do you guys expect to see Thursday night? Man, after watching, after watching that one uh, Saturday night in Fayetteville, I don't know what to expect. Ho hopefully Ole Miss play a little better on defense and score more points when they get in the red zone, hopefully. But um, I think it will be a very good game. I mean, it's obviously Las Vegas thinks it's going to be very close, and, and I do too. I mean, I think it's just going to be one of those back and forth and, you know, who turns the ball over and has the most penalties, which that's a, that's been a, Both you know. I think you're going to hear me yelling uh, from – over there, um, run the damn ball. <laughs> but, they, but they won't do it. They That's won't. what I'm afraid of. And uh, we'll see. Should Good stuff. Fun, Should Guys, thanks game. so much. John You're Darnell, Bo Russell, stuff. Sports Talk yeah. Mississippi. More coming up with you. Nick Fitzgerald joins us next. This show was... It's big. Brace yourself. Sports Talk Mississippi. Covering your Mississippi teams. With live reports from the games and practices. On Super Talk Mississippi.
to Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV all across the Magnolia State. Thanks for being with us this afternoon in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Time for us to go to the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Jim Ellis joins us right now. He has been broadcasting Mississippi State sports since 1979. He does have a little more time to uh, to probably do some other things now that he is uh, just the voice of the Mississippi State Diamond Dogs. Uh, but picking up some basketball stuff in this busy time of year. Jim, always a pleasure to visit. It's been a while. How are you? I I am good. Thank you. So this week, um, so much focus on the Egg Bowl and this matchup between Mississippi State and Ole Miss, and it always takes us down memory lane. So so let's just start there. When when somebody comes to you and says, hey, get, give me an Egg Bowl memory that really stands out, uh, what pops to mind first for you? Well, I guess probably my first Egg Bowl that I ever went to, uh, I, was, uh, a fairly, I was a young kid. I think I was about seven, maybe seven years old. And uh, my dad took me to a game. I didn't know one team from the other. And I remember being in the stands uh, waiting for the teams to come out. And uh, Ole Miss came out, and I got up and, uh, and was applauding. And my dad pulled me down. He said, no, that's Ole Miss coming out of the uh. – <laughs> so, uh, so then, then Mississippi State comes out, and so I get up and do it again. And, you know, I don't remember much about the ball game. Ole Miss won the ball game. After I remember right, it was something like 26 to 7 or something of that nature. But uh, the only thing I really remember, they had a fullback by the name of Paige Cothran, Ole Miss did. Mm, yeah. And his socks, everybody else had their socks that pulled up. His socks were all crumpled down around his ankles the entire ball game. And that intrigued me as a, as a seven-year-old trying to watch a ball game that I didn't know a whole lot about. And uh, that's that's my only memory from that first ball game. But that was a uh, that was my first experience with Mississippi State Ole Miss. I I did go to some game. I, I really I, I remember a game. Uh, I think it was in '58. Uh, uh, was a seven-seven tie, if I remember. And I remember that game very well because a, a guy named Bubba Trammell was a running back. He scored the lone Mississippi State touchdown in that ball game, and. Uh, and his wife taught school at the elementary school I was going to that year. So, uh, you, you know, so those are some of my earliest memories of Mississippi State football and their rivalry with Ole Miss. I'm curious, Jim, how it changed for you when you went from sitting alongside Jack Crystal as he was doing the play-by-play to following him in play-by-play where it was now your responsibility to describe and chronicle the action. Did, did it change the way you watched the game or, or consumed the game at all? Yeah, it really did. I mean, as far as the way I watched the game, because there's there's so much more. When I, when I sat beside him, I spotted uh, Mississippi State and uh, did the uh, – and then eventually we got, our, got a spotter. But for years I spotted the game and also uh, was the color guy on the ball game. And which means that you had to watch a lot, and uh, that it was away from the football when you when you do uh, some of those things. But but uh, working with Jack was was such a pleasure just to learn from him. Uh, he was his own person. He did the game the way he wanted to do it, and he did it in a style that that people really loved. Uh, he was he he. I told Jack uh, late in his career. I said, Jack, you you lived in the era where people. Love to listen to football games, and they love what you did. And you described the game. I still think he described uh, football games more accurately than 
than anybody that I've ever listened to. But but uh, but when I started doing it myself, uh, I realized I couldn't be Jack Crystal. Nobody else could. Uh, and so I just tried to. Uh, I'd been doing high school. I did I did start with high games for almost uh, twenty. I think twenty eight years. So I I did a lot of high school football uh, for for years and years and years. And I hadn't had an own style of uh, trying to do the broadcast and. And just tried to be myself, um, uh, and I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I thought I was very fortunate because I broadcast the games through those Dak Prescott years, which were which were tremendous years. There were a lot of really good ball games. We uh, went to some Super Bowl games during that time. I thought I was very fortunate to be able to to broadcast during that era. You you may have shared this before somewhere along the way, but you you worked with Jack Crystal for a long time. And I feel like for a lot of people, Jack Crystal, they feel like they know him, and at the same time, he's this kind of larger-than-life character, almost. What was what was your relationship? Was it friendship? Was it, like, big brother, little brother, uncle, nephew, just colleagues? How do you describe the relationship that the two of you had, and, and maybe how it evolved through the years? Well, I was a, I was a little bit awed uh, with, uh, with Jack at first because I didn't, uh, you know, I didn't really, uh, really, really didn't know him that well when I started, uh, but I, I began to, uh, um, you know, understand him much more as, as, uh, as it went along. Uh, but he was good from the start. He uh, he found a place for me. He made me feel welcome. Uh, we uh, in fact we roomed together on the road for I guess maybe fifteen twenty years, and they start giving everybody their own room. But I mean, it was I roomed with Jack for years and years. Uh, so we we did a lot of non sports talking over the years. He he was a, a historian. He loved history. Uh, he had he had fought uh, in World War Two or had been in the. In the, in the service back in then, and uh, he, he has those memories. Uh, Jack, of course, was Jewish, and he had a strong uh, faith in, the, in, in, in Judaism, and, 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 uh, and, and we talked about those kind of things. Well, we talked family. We talked all kind of things. We had our favorite places to eat in each uh, city that we would go to, and we'd try to find that. We, we had a relationship with other broadcasters. One of the things that was really special, Jack knew all the the other broadcasters, and and he would bring me into the conversations, and I got to know uh, uh, most of the greats in in, the, in that era of football, and we had a bucket full of them in the Southeastern Conference, and and that was a lot of fun. But but Jack was uh, he, he gave me advice from time to time, and it was good advice, and uh, we didn't agree on everything, but we had some uh, <laughs> some great arguments, and uh, but but he was he was one of the best storytellers I've ever heard. And he had, of course, I had heard all of his stories after about ten years, and so I didn't, I didn't need them. But he had, he had great stories. He could embellish your story and just have you sitting there uh, eating out of the palm of his hand. Uh, a great storyteller and uh, uh, just a, you know, just a genuine person. Uh, and we always, uh, I always cherished the fact that I felt like that he considered me a friend. I certainly considered him a friend, and um, and we got along well. And, and we did throughout uh, throughout the history of our career. Jim, be it be it a game that you called as a color commentator or or as the the play by play announcer for Mississippi State, and not necessarily the full game, but is there a moment in the Egg Bowl that stands out to you from all the games that you called? I th- I think there, there there's there's a bunch, but but if I wanted to pull a couple, uh, I I think uh, that that one that I would pull. Uh, was the uh, ball game that we were trailing Ole Miss? Uh, I think it may have been 
uh, I can't remember the year right now, but I think I think it, I think we were trailing Ole Miss in nineteen ninety. Must have been the ninety ninety eight or ninety nine season, uh, right in there. And uh, it looked like uh, we we'd gotten a couple of big plays, uh, gotten back into the ball game when it looked like it was as about over. Uh, had tied it up. Ole Miss had the football, trying to throw the pass down the field. Ball got uh, really batted up in the air. I think actually kicked up in the air on the uh, on the defensive play on the sideline. Return it deep enough, and then kick the field goal to end the ball game and come away with a victory. I think it was what twenty four, uh, maybe twenty four twenty one ball game. But it was a it was an unbelievable ball game. Uh, and the ending was uh, – it, it, Ole Miss had pretty well dominated the game, and then Mississippi State owned the fourth quarter and won the game. That, that game always will stick out in my mind. Another game that, to me, was a really interesting game, well, I think 2013, uh, when Dak Prescott came back from injury mm-hmm. and got the ball club down the field, got a ball game tied up. We go into overtime – uh, gets the the win in or gets the lead in overtime at seventeen to ten, and then Ole Miss uh, gets stripped of the football. It bounces into the end zone. It rolled forward into the end zone, bounced in the end zone. Mississippi State grabbed it and stepped over the uh, end zone line out of the rear of the end zone to end the ball game. Thought that was a dramatic way to close out a ball game, and Mississippi wins. State won that one seventeen to ten in overtime. Uh, those two games really jump out at me as, as big moments for the, on the Mississippi State side. The other one is the Artie Cosby kick. I mean, that was unbelievable. Uh, I think it was 83. Uh, we had dominated Ole Miss the entire ball game. Uh, I think had rolled up a well over 400 yards and held Ole Miss to like 150 in the game. Uh, but uh, some things happened. Ole Miss um, had gotten the, the lead in the contest. And then Cosby had a game-winning field goal set up, and when he hit it, I knew it was it was going, and, and I could tell from Jack's uh, voice that he knew it was going. And then suddenly, uh, a big uh, I, I, it was blowing a, a ton. The wind was really blowing, and it looked like it got an extra hard gust of wind and blew it right out from between the uprights, and it just sort of uh, took a swan dive to to the to the uh, turf outside the goalpost over on the left side, and I. I think that was the sickest feeling I've had in one of those ball games. Uh, that hey, that was uh, you know defeat snatched out of the arms of victory right there. But the, those would be some moments that that I'll remember always uh, about the series. Jim, our time is always too short. Thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. Okay, real good. Good to talk with you. Gallo knows Mississippi better than anyone. No one gets better interviews than him. Gallo. He asks all the questions everybody wants to know. Mornings on Super Talk Mississippi. This show was previously recorded. Check this out. Sports Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at 
supertalk.fm and supertalk tv thanks for being with us you want to be a part of the conversation you can join us on the ceasefire text line 601-879-4395 as a state fan dave aranda would be a home run hire i love the way he runs his program and i would love him at state uh, also uh chase says my worst nightmare I've been driving the Dave Aranda bus for well over a year now. Um, Good coach, good coach. Yeah, he is. He, he really is. So I said let's talk about the most exciting name out there. And the most when I say most exciting name out there, I'm talking about the name that would generate more buzz and more reaction than any other. It's already coaching in the state of Mississippi, and it's Deion Sanders, Coach Prime. I believe that, I feel like we're putting the caveat on here over and over and over, if Lane Kiffin leaves, because I suppose there is still a scenario where Lane Kiffin doesn't leave. But if Lane Kiffin leaves, Deion Sanders absolutely will be on the list of names that Ole Miss really, really explores. If there ends up being an opening at Ole Miss, I would be shocked if Ole Miss did not attempt to interview Deion Sanders for that job. So what do you what do you make of that? What would the reaction among fans be? What would the upside be? What would the downside potentially be? All of that stuff is stuff that would be talked about. The upside is very simple. He would get players. He would get players that Ole Miss has never gotten before, including the Hugh Freeze era where he cheated his behind off to sign two top ten classes in five years. You would get players like you've never gotten before. Every, I say every, almost every quality player would pick up the phone if Ole Miss called because of Coach Prime. And if you think that I'm crazy, look at what he was able to do to Jackson State. He would get players, and he would generate buzz and interest in your program in the marketing era of college football, where attention and money is what's going to lead to wins. He would bring you both in spades. Immediate, everyday, national coverage of Ole Miss football. Immediate. With him on your sidelines. And players to follow. But... He's only been a head coach at the FCS level. Ceasefire text line. Kevin says, with Sanders, I feel like he would need experienced coordinators. Oh, yeah, I think that would absolutely be part of the conversation, right? Like, I mean, if, if you interview Deion Sanders and you go down that road, then you're having a conversation about what a staff would look like. But you know what? You have a conversation of what a staff would look like with every coach that you talk to. Um, Hunter in Columbus says Sanders would recruit great at Ole Miss, but Coach O recruited well at Ole Miss, too. Not like that. Not even anywhere close to what Deion Sanders would do. Here's one that says, I would be jealous if Ole Miss got Deion. I'd curl into a ball and hide if Ole Miss got Deion. That's from a different number. I, I don't know if that's who that person is a fan of. Um... 
Jason Amory says, I've been a diehard Ole Miss fan my entire life. If Deion Sanders is hired, I will no longer follow Ole Miss football. Why, Chase? Uh, Chase in Columbus says, Deion Sanders would get players and would bring the best assistant coaches that have ever worked there. Okay. Prime is as close to LK 2.0 as there is. Bring it on. And I would encourage you to, if, if you only know him based on the persona or like the way he acted on the field as a player, just pull up Google or YouTube and look up his team meetings. I mean, the Barstool guys filmed basically everything he did in that program for two years. Listen to him talk to his players. He's impressive. There's substance there. Let me take you a step beyond that. I've actually talked with some people about Deion Sanders in the event that this is a possibility. And they've said that there are two versions of Deion Sanders. There is the kind of the public version with his team that you see, and then there's the the behind-the-scenes version. And the the behind-the-scenes version that you don't see with Deion Sanders is one of extreme organization, of incredible business savvy, and a really, really bright guy. And I'm not saying that those things don't come through personal, but but he has a little bit different tone in the public where he's got the gold chains going and, and, and kind of the flash and the bling that's with it. There is a serious guy behind that. The other thing I'll share with you quickly, TCU interviewed him just kind of for giggles before they hired Sonny Dykes, and they came away so impressed that they almost hired him. This show was previously recorded.
This show was previously recorded. Today, it's an SEC matchup as the Bulldogs of Mississippi State take on the Rebels of Ole Miss. Mm, from the flatlands of Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Every minute worth waiting for. Super Talk Mississippi. Back again, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us. You want to be a part of the conversation, you can join us on the Ceasefire text line. Right now, though, we go to the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Todd Wade joins us right now, former All-SEC offensive lineman, went on to play and have an exceptionally uh, successful career in the uh, the NFL, Todd, appreciate a few minutes of your time uh, to to talk some Egg Bowl. What's up, my man? Uh, doing well. Thanks for having me. So, when I say Egg Bowl to you, as someone who grew up in the state of Mississippi and and chose to go to Ole Miss, what's the first thing that jumps to your mind? And just animosity, um, intensity, uh, weather like we're about to experience. Easily, <laughs> we uh, we may get one of those rainy nights this year. So. Your Egg Bowls were 96, 97, 98, 99, right? Those were the four that you played in? Uh, Correct. All right, so the 97 game out of those four, I'm assuming is the one that that really comes back to your mind. It's kind of a gray, rainy day in Starkville that day. Everybody knows how it ended with the the two-point conversion. Kind of walk me through that game and that day in particular. You know, um, it was... just as you described, um, and it had kind of a cloudy day. It, it rained and um, just was kind of off and on. Uh, first thought was, well, you you had a, you know when everybody goes out on the field to warm up before the game, uh, the linemen are usually the last ones to go out. So you had the snappers were already out, but the offensive linemen, defensive linemen, linebackers, and and the, I believe that was it. We're still we're still in the locker room stretching, and the reason why we're stretching because the field was wet. So we were just going to uh, stretch in the locker room and then go out kind of and warm up. But never forget, um, sitting there stretching and just kind of quietly talking among, and uh, you hear a roar of the crowd, and but you didn't really know what was going on. You know, it could have could have been anything. Um, but then up the ramp, the Leo Sill Center ran up that ramp. And so there's a fight. There's a fight. And Benji Pierce, our strength coach, well, you hear that, boys? Go get them. <laughs> Everybody, we, we, all, we all jumped out. And I, I remember uh, running, you know, and, uh, I was uh, wearing spike cleats running down there. Uh, I don't want to uh, fall down on the way, way down. And I remember Derek Burgess passing me uh, as, I was, as I was running down there. So we're, we were running down there. But by the time we got there, I remember my offensive line coach, uh, Hugh Nall, he had grass in his hair, uh, I think a state player that knocked him over. And uh, it was just kind of pandemonium. But it was just, it was just at, the, um, the, at the breakup of that fight. And then, you know, the, just the whole, the whole game um, was just very intense. Uh, the fans, at that, you know, at that time it was just so – it seemed like much more local, local in recruiting, local everything. Uh, neither team was um, – didn't have the brand that they do today. Um, as far as recruiting nationally, uh, so it was, there was it's a little more heated in state uh, with recruiting and everything, and uh, just you know it was just it was very teams were 
close in, um, in records, and it was very competitive. So the two-point conversion play at the end, you know, Matt Luke yeah. has, has said in the past that they didn't have – you, you guys didn't have overtime in you. you. You were worn out. You were out of gas. So, so tell me about the conversation leading up to the let's go for two and try and win it right here. You know, we're, a lot of us are still on the field, just kind of kind of waiting, and uh, they made decision. They made decision on sidelines, and that was it. Uh, you know, it happened honestly so fast. It was much like the uh, that LSU uh, just recently uh, their big win when they went for two at the end of the game uh, under Chip Kelly. Uh, it, it just it which I guess was part of the deal. You want to you make the decision, you go and you go for it. You don't want to just uh, take your time. Uh, getting ready necessarily uh, it kind of take take you out of the sink of the game, and you may, maybe you can even get on the field fast enough to surprise the defense. But it honestly happened so fast um, that we we just it was just another play. But yes, yeah, so we get in the huddle. You know that's it. If we don't get in there, and you know call, calling uh, you know such a play like that, we're trying to get our get the defensive linemen's hands down because. It, you know, the closer you, closer you get to the to the goal line, the ball's coming out faster. So the last thing you want is a uh, defensive lineman to bat the ball down. So you can uh, it's it's almost more of a play action uh, pass when it when it comes to when he, when you, when the quarterback is that close to the uh, t- you know, towards the goal line. So it, you know it it was um, you know it happened fast and just just kind of pandemonium afterwards. Uh, everyone was excited. It was just no one, you never know what to expect. You know, on a Tuberville, we we went for it a lot on fourth down. Maybe not as much as Kiffin has, but we certainly did. And so it wasn't just uh, out of the ordinary, but it was it was still somewhat of a surprise. All right, so I feel like there's a parallel to something that happened in your career and something that may be happening right now at Ole Miss. The, the Lane Kiffin stuff is very much up in the air. You, you went through the time, and, and it was different, right, because we didn't have the social media and there weren't as many message boards and it wasn't necessarily all-consuming. But people were talking about Tommy Tuberville leaving for Auburn. Here we are again. Um, in terms of getting ready for that game, take me inside the locker room, what it was like then and what you think the guys on Ole Miss's team are dealing with right now is – they prepare for a game that should be a really big game and is, but all of the conversation outside is about whether or not their head coach is going to be here in three days. Oh, absolutely. You know, it it honestly is almost identical because I, I, I've always thought this. I remember walking up to the Starn Center at Ole Miss, this is basically where our weight room uh, next to the locker room is located, um, and seeing Ronnie Hurd. And I remember Ronnie looking at me and goes, what do you think? Are you leaving? He goes, I think they're leaving. And I go, man, I'd really – that was – so I, it, it it reminded me of this because it was – it is on the players' minds. The players talking about it. It's it's not a what are we going to do, but it's it is, it's the big talk. And you can't help it. Yeah, I just – I lost you just for a second. The last thing I heard you say was you, you can't help it. It's on the players' minds. Yes, it is. It's on the players' minds because you're – even though you don't have, you didn't have social media and uh, message boards like they like they do now. But it's it, it is the big talk, and parents were talking about it. Uh, you know, students. So all your friends are talking about it. So you can't help it. I mean, your coaches 
One thing also mention it in meetings, you can kind of you can read between the lines and kind of know what's what's happening. There would be these um, random snippets that uh, an assistant coach might say, or you know, everyone's on position coach. Um, you know, don't worry about what's happening. You know, things like that. You, it's you. We kind of we kind of knew, but you really don't. And sure enough, we go to Arkansas and get just crushed. So it, it it is you know I don't you don't necessarily want to blame it just on that. Uh, other things happen, you know. Credit to the uh, opposing teams, but it happened to us, and it's, it's you know it's happened it's happened this year as well. So you know hopefully uh, hopefully we have you know a good game plan, and the, the I'm sure the staff is um, prepared uh, for this game and prepared the players, but you never know. I'm curious. You, you you had the win in '97. Unfortunately, you dealt with with three losses in that time as well. What what stands out more for you? Is it the win or is it the losses? Because I've heard players through the years say, you know what, it's the losses that you always remember. You know, I can speak for '99, and it's 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 one of those losses that I always think about, even now, because yeah. you, it's frustrating. If you and and for me, being offensive lineman, I'm I'm always I'm thinking about the offensive line and how the offensive line played. You remember when you lost and the offensive line did not play well. Uh, you'll, you know, you never forget that. So there's a couple of games during my senior year. Georgia's another one um, that I felt our offensive line dominated, but we lost the game. And I felt the state game was the same way uh, against a really talented uh, defensive front, but we we came up short. So it is a it's an unfortunate loss that. You know they they got away with one in my opinion, and we lost. And but that's it's, it's definitely something you think about. There were some really good backs that were at Ole Miss in the uh, the time that you were there. Who who's the guy? Uh, who who's the best back that you ever blocked for? You know, Deuce was uh was really special. You know, and you and you go back and look at him during like his freshman year. We kind of looked at people kind of looked at him like he was a power back, even though he wasn't as big as he was. In the NFL, but you know, but it, yeah. as, as a freshman, he he just you had John Avery was the was the other guy. So you had John, you know, super fast. We people looked at Deuce like he was more of the you know short yardage guy, but he wasn't. He was a sprinter. Uh, you know, Deuce could fly. So it's um, that's he was a special player. He he could catch. Um, he you know return kicks, do everything, and so you know a block for. Great ones in the NFL as well. Ricky Williams being one of them. <laughs> yeah. And and you know, fortunately, we, were, we led the league in rushing with Ricky. So um, you know, both really good backs. But um, Deuce is always on top of my list. So. Todd, thanks so much for your time. Great catching up. Thank you. Thanks for having me. That's Todd Wade on the Farm Bureau guest line. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. This show was previously recorded. That's what this is. Um. So. To say that you weren't expecting the unexpected, uh, I think I'd be lying if I didn't tell you that. But at the same time, you're thinking about the moment in the game and what it could mean in terms of the decision for Matt Luke at that point. Okay, so does he go for two on the road to try to win the game from the two or the three? Or does he, you know, d- does he take the point, try to get to overtime? And then it just kind of becomes a moot point all the way around because now you're talking about a long extra point 
that that never works out. And I remember, I remember the pure joy from that state bench when that extra point went wide. Every player on that bench ran onto the field to the point now you're talking about okay, a 15 yard penalty. And I work with two state guys died in the wool on on the radio and how excited those two guys were to the point that I had to kind of step in and be the bad guy there and go, now, wait a minute here. You know, we got an onside kick coming. We got to sort this out. There's still time. You know, so you're trying to sort through all that in the midst of what is just pure chaos on the field. Um, Never been a part of anything quite like it. And if I do this for another 42, if I do it for another, let's say, 25 years, um, I don't know that I'll ever see anything quite like it again. The odds tell you I won't. Um, yeah, crazy. Uh, and then, yeah, and I will say this for the coaches involved in, in the game now, um, Mike Leach and, and, and Lane Kiffin, I do think that it has it has a degree of civility to it now that was not there um, when I first got here. I think Joe Moorhead and Matt Luke tried to a degree, um, but I just think anytime you get you get people together who have been in this state as long as a lot of the players in this game have, and they've had people in their ears who have been around the rivalry as long as they have. You know, you can try your best to tone down the noise and, and the rhetoric and the vitriol and everything else, and sometimes it's just going to happen, you know. Um, but I think that's the reason people watch. To people on the outside, I think that's why they watch. They want to see what's going to happen. A couple of minutes left with Neil Price, the uh, voice of Mississippi State athletics football and uh, and men's basketball. Neil, when you, you look at this Mississippi State team, there have been moments this year where, where you've looked at it and you're like, wow, they look really, really good. Uh, defense has consistently kind of been in that category. Offense at times has been there. Uh, and then there are times where it has not looked good offensively. What's important for Mississippi State, in your mind, on Thursday night, if they're going to walk away with a win and feeling like, you know what, it looked good tonight? Well, I don't want to sound like I'm I'm parroting everything Mike Leach says, but the more I talk to him, the more I understand that while it may sound simple and coach speak to a lot of people, there is some real wisdom in what he says, and there's a reason why he says it. And and what I would tell you is I really think it comes down to can state's players on both sides of the ball and on special teams, can they do their job? the very best they can and can they do their job to their full potential one play after another over the course of four hours because the 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 issue is if you go back and look at the games where they didn't play well you you can see some moments where there was some doubt and maybe you got guys who assign value to how important this particular play is or they get caught obsessing about what didn't go right the last play uh and and then all of a sudden you get in a funk and the next thing you know, you've given up back-to-back bad plays. You're way behind the chains, and you kill the drive. I think all that stuff applies in a game like this. Um, applies in every game, for that fact. So I think it's really that simple, you know, because you're playing against a really good team. I mean, you know, Ole Miss got really good players on both sides. They've got some good folks on special teams, uh, you know. So I mean, they're going to make their share of plays 
when they do, if you're state, can you just put it behind you and play the next play? I, I think that that's a big part of it. You know, Brian Haydad wanted you to say run the ball. That, that, that's what Haydad wanted to hear you say. <laughs> that, that was what was going to be important. <laughs> Everybody, you know, everybody's kind of in that camp. And, uh, you know, I mean, the thing about Mike Leach is this. You never know. You never know. I, I, I have been around him enough that I feel confident in saying that he's comfortable in his own skin with regard to his offense, his system, and what he wants to do. But you never know. I mean, I've seen games before. I think back to um, Golly. I mean, I think back to that bowl game in, in Tulsa uh, or against Tulsa when they beat them in Armed Forces Bowl uh, in twenty. Thinking they hadn't run the ball much all year, and they came out and ran the ball and ran it with some success. You know, I mean, they've done it at different times this year. Maybe they will, but only one person knows if that's going to happen or not, and that's the guy who's calling the plays. And that's none right. of us know what he's thinking right now. You know. Neil, thanks as always for your time. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Look forward to uh, seeing you soon. Same to you guys. That's Neil Price on the Farm Bureau guest line. We'll be back.
I'm J.T. Mitchell, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. The countdown to the 95th annual Egg Bowl continues as we're just two hours away from kickoff. Ole Miss head coach Lane Kiffin, who's been the subject of a lot of rumors as of late, especially regarding the Auburn job, provides his thoughts on the historic rivalry. Seems like there's not a lot of love in the relationship, I guess. It's a positive way, a nice way of putting it. But, you know, it means a lot to a lot of people. And, um, you know, been fortunate to turn it back our direction the last couple of years and trying to keep it that way. Kickoff is set for 6 p.m. Central Time. The game will be broadcast on ESPN. As of date, Ole Miss holds a 19-game lead in the series. With Super Talk Mississippi News, I'm J.T. Mitchell. This is Jake Mangum, player for the New York Mets organization and former Mississippi State Bulldog. I travel a lot, but no place feels like home. Our houses and our cars are where we spend a lot of our time. That's why a home and auto insurance bundle from Farm Bureau makes so much sense. If you aren't already on the team, it's time to join Farm Bureau. Visit favrates.com for great rates on home and auto insurance or find a local agent at msfbins.com. Farm Bureau Insurance, go with the home team. TK Productions at the Temple Theater proudly present Live at the Temple on Sunday, December 4th at 2 p.m. Live at the Temple is a collaboration of artists from Mississippi. Live at the Temple will be recorded live, and all download proceeds will be donated to the Temple Restoration Mission. Call 601-693-1103 for sponsorship and ticket information. You know that nowadays, most people go online to look at a business before they spend their money. A lot of businesses are losing opportunities to get new customers if they're not online. With the power of Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital, you can reach potential customers and get more referral and repeat business. The highly trained and trusted team at Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital is ready to work with you to help your business capitalize on the power of digital marketing. Call 601-991-2305 or go to stmmdigital.com to get started today. Mississippi State and Ole Miss getting set of this series between these two schools that dates back to 1901. And since the year 19... Kind of did a double take, honestly. I, I, I mean, Hey Dad was at basically every game you played in. You played in him. I watched them from afar. But, but I look back and I'm like, okay, over 6,000 yards passing, over 3,500 yards rushing, and 101 touchdowns. Now that you're removed from it a little bit, do you ever think back and you're like, you know... I, I did that. Uh, you know, I uh, more more than anything, as I get further and fur, further removed from it, it the ego kind of has gone down more and more. Um, <laughs> you know, I, obviously, while while I was doing it, um, you know, yeah, the, the ego was there. I was like, yeah, I'm absolutely doing this thing. Um, and a little while afterwards, for sure. But you know, then you, you get into the real world and you realize no one really cares. <laughs> and uh, now it's just something that you yourself can, can hold on to. But, um, yeah, I mean, honestly, I had an absolutely uh, an amazing time at Mississippi State. I had so much fun, um, a, a really great career. I wish, you know, wish some things could have gone better. But um, all in all, man, I, I, I truly enjoyed it. You know, I truly had a blast and, you know, did some things that I don't think anyone thought was going to happen. 
We were talking earlier with David Kellum, you know, as the play-by-play announcer for Ole Miss, and I said, is it weird for you to watch Ole Miss and State now? Because Ole Miss has become this running football team, and Mississippi State is this passing football team. You played quarterback, but you're, you know, the all-time leading rushing quarterback in SEC history. Is it weird for you to watch Mississippi State throw the ball 50 times a game now? Yeah, it is. It is definitely strange. Um, you know, something in me is still like you know that like wants to just see them run the ball. Um, you know, honestly, I think it would help the offense out a lot more if we ran the ball, but we're not going to get into that right now. Um, <laughs> um, but no, I mean, it you know is definitely funny? strange to see us running the air raid. I was just going to say, it's funny, we, we just finished up a minute ago with John Darnell, who played quarterback at Ole Miss in the late 80s, and, and Bo Russell, who was a defensive back at Mississippi State. They're, they grew up together, friends, have remained friends. And the last thing that Bo told us was he's like, hey, the, the one thing you're going to be hearing from me on Thursday night is that guy standing off on the side yelling, run the dang ball! So I, I think there are a lot of guys that feel that way. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, but hey, you know, we're, we're not coaches. I'm not getting paid the big bucks, so, you know, what do I know? Nick, you obviously came to Mississippi State from Georgia and, and coming from there, and, you know, what was your familiarity with the Egg Bowl rivalry coming in? And then when you got to Mississippi State in that locker room, who were the, the, the Mississippi players who, who sort of showed you what this rivalry meant to Mississippi State? So, um, honestly, I had, I had no idea about it. Um, really until my official visit. My official visit was the 2013 Egg Bowl. Uh, Bo Wallace fumbling into the end zone um, and us winning in overtime. And that was kind of really my first my first ever experience or really any time watching the game, seeing the rivalry. Um, and from that moment on, like I, I, it was just kind of one of those things, like once you see it once, you don't really need anyone to explain it. Um, you know, it, it's just one of the nastiest rivalries. It has to be one of, if not the nastiest rivalry in college football. Um, and if if um, Ole Miss and Mississippi State were, you know, like 10-win teams every year, it would probably be one of the biggest rivalries in the country because everyone would just see how, how nasty it is. So – so, Nick, you played in that era where it was chippy, right, constantly, and it felt like after every single play there was a little extracurricular, pushing, shoving, talking, all of that stuff. Having watched it the last two years with Mike Leach coaching Mississippi State and Lane Kiffin coaching Ole Miss, where it's kind of like you were just describing, where they just go out and play football, w- would you rather play in it in games that were like the games you played in or like these guys are playing now where it's like, yeah, it's still intense, it's still a rivalry, but they're just playing ball? Uh, I mean, you know, there's there's pros and cons to everything. You know, you you never want to be playing. You you want to you want to have emotion, but you don't want to you know like be playing emotional. Um, but you know, for rivalries, I you know I want to see that chippiness. You know, I want to see that that true you know dislike, that true hate that you want in a rivalry. You know, I want to see that come out in the game. Um, but at the same time, you know, I don't I don't want to see team fights. You know. Um, and you know, just a bunch of personal fouls, and it, it just it. There's a fine line that I think that it, it should be should be kept to, but I just think that it's just a little bit. I think it's a little bit dumbed down for for my liking. 
You speaking of chippiness, though, we, 2018. Obviously, there's the fight. You were called for a personal foul because both teams, everybody was called for for a personal foul. <laughs> yeah, that, during that, that yeah. Ball. I was standing on the sidelines. I didn't deserve. Yeah, that I was to say, all. give us your viewpoint. Of everything that happened there. When did you realize there was a fight going on? Um, it took me like a second, but really the second they they locked up, you kind of knew it had been kind of crazy all game, and they locked up the ball, and then. Hey, I don't remember exactly what happened to start it, but the second like, you kind of saw that first move and everyone just started running, I knew it was going to turn into a big thing. And so I just kind of stood there on the sidelines and watched the craziness happen. And uh, all, all I think is that Matt Corral needs to send Braxton Hoyette like a, a gift <laughs> basket every single year um, for saving his life because he, he, it would have been bad. It would have been bad if he hadn't grabbed him. Yeah. That's uh. Do, do do you ever think back and go? I can't believe I stood there and didn't go get involved. Like it, even in that moment, did, did you have the urge to go onto the field and, and be part of it, or you just you know, I'm, I'm the quarterback. I, I can't do that. I mean, a little bit of me, but I mean at the same time, I mean I I was just I'm trying to win a football game. You know, I don't want to go get beat up in a shuffle in a scuffle. You know, I don't want to break my hand, anything like that. You know, I just I, I just want to be there to. Uh, just to finish out the game, so I just I just kind of stood there and watched. Nick, we are out of time. Really, really appreciate you spending some time with us this afternoon, reliving some of those mem- memories. Hope all things are uh, are going well for you. They call this the Egg Bowl. This series started in 1901, but it was so bloody. There were so many fights between players and students and fans that both schools got together and decided that maybe if they could award a trophy of some nature, it could calm this series down. And so they made a gold-shaped football back in 1927, and that's why they call this the Egg Bowl. The winner gets that trophy. is the one and only David Kellum. He joins us on the Farm Bureau guest line, or normally he would. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. He's actually with us right here in person. If you're watching on Super Talk TV, you can see DK fresh back from a trip to Arkansas that you probably would rather not talk about. Oh, man. We, we just don't play well in favor. I don't get it. It's been tough. Let's, let's, let's get that out of the way. So, okay. what a weird game, right? Mm. You, you roll up over 700 yards of total offense over, what, 475 yards on the ground. Two 200-yard rushers. Two 200-yard rushers <laughs> in the game. And you lose the game. It, it, was, it, was it really wasn't close. I mean, I know it's a 15-point mm. game, it, it, but you're down 42-6 to six after three plays in well, the third and, quarter. Well, in the fourth quarter, you just made it look better. Yeah. You, you had three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. It was crazy. Defensively, I thought we really played poorly. Um, you know, and Arkansas just did well, and K.J. was great. I, the personal open date for K.J., I think, paid off for yeah. him. He was on target, looked healthier than he's looked in several games. I, I try to watch everybody's games throughout the year, fast-forward through them, and, and you could tell the, the last time up for him, he was kind of struggling, missing guys, and I think that the, the game off helped him a lot for sure. He was great. Yeah, played against Liberty, but looked bad doing so. Right. Like he was laboring right. and couldn't push the ball down the field. Touch was incredible. Um and, you know, I mean, I, it, it factors into the game. And I, I don't want to talk about officials. But oh, have, go ahead. What the heck? Yeah, don't get fined, though. Having two touchdowns wiped off the board, one of them probably legitimate, one of them 
Probably not. not. Right. It changes the flow of the game. And, and that's not to say that Arkansas might not have won big regardless. Correct. But you feel completely different if it's a a field goal game or a one-score game as opposed to being down three or four. Well, you add those 14 points later and, and look at the, the deal. But, yeah, I, I agree. I think one, uh, you had to call it. The other one, you shouldn't have called it. But, you know, I'm looking through red and blue glasses, too, pretty regularly. <laughs> and then the interference call. What are you laughing about down there, hey, uh, no, Nothing, nothing. I thought it, the officials did a fine He job. looks through maroon glasses. I mean, I it, tell you, you know, you say it, Richard, all the time. They're just human. They're doing the best <laughs> they can. And the interference call, that one. I, that I just, was they pushed him twice, and then his teammates go and congratulate him for interfering and getting the 15-yard penalty, and they still pick it up. They, they throw I couldn't the, believe it. So I, I don't understand that piece, right? So <laughs> you throw a flag for what you see happen, and then you have a conversation with one of your buddies in a striped shirt, and you're like, you know what? I didn't actually see that. that is, I, yeah. It was just a figment of my imagination. <laughs> that is my all-time gripe against officials. If you threw a flag, you obviously saw something. Right. Stick right. with that. I'd rather have that happen than, than the whole... Oh, there is no foul. There was obviously something you threw a flag. Yeah. Well, and then the week before, he had a terrible missed face mask that was Ugh. just as obvious. I'll get it. I, I've, I, I didn't really want to go to this point, but I'm, I'm kind of to the point that if the if the replay guys see something in the booth that's outside the box of what they get yeah. to, to, you know, buzz down and say, hey, dude, you missed a face mask. Yeah. We, we talked about this It last may week take forever day. to play a game. We talked about this last week. I mean, you know these are bad calls when I'm like, man, Ole Miss is getting screwed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had someone. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to identify them because uh, I, I tweeted something out during the game about the officiating. Yes, you and, did. And uh, someone that is closely tied to Mississippi State sent me a message that said. I agree with you, you're getting hosed, but I'm clearly not replying to your tweet because I would get killed by our fans. Well, you know, there was a – That's fair. We love the rivalry, but a few weeks ago I was listening to the state broadcast and they were going off about, uh, you know, a, a roughing the quarterback cough at the game. The Georgia game. Georgia game. Yeah. And so I didn't see it, and I thought, man, they may be overreacting. Of course, oh. you know, people think we do too. So I went back and I watched the game, <laughs> and I saw that call, and I said, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. You know, but I didn't tweet about it either. <laughs> <laughs> not not in support there. Uh, all right, David, so let me ask you this. Ole Miss played well defensively against Alabama the week before. Right. And then did not play well this week. Tackling, position, three-man defensive line, wh whatever the reason. What do you think the difference was, and is it correctable? Can Ole Miss come out on Thursday night against Mississippi State and play defensively like they did against Alabama and like they have at other times this season or is it more like what you saw on, on Saturday night in Fayetteville? You know, I think primarily a bunch of missed tackles against Arkansas. Now, you can give K.J. credit. He's hard to bring down. they got a great running back that's hard to bring down. So I don't want to just write off the opponent because Arkansas is just a handful of plays of being even better than they've, they've been this year. But I do believe that it can be corrected because we just missed a ton of tackles. We had guys stop behind the line and they break free. And so, you know, get back to being physical and, and, and that would be good. I still believe in our linebackers, our, our defensive back feels really strong. We needed to get more pressure on KJ and didn't. So whatever, if that's a schematic thing or or doing something differently, you know, whatever the case may be. The problem with Mississippi State is Will's playing awesome, and you just don't have much time to get to him. I mean, the, the ball's out of there in a hurry. Uh, you know, I thought Lane Staff did a good job with handling that offense a year ago, but we'll see uh, if you can can deal with him. Uh, Will Rogers has steadily gotten better and better. He's very comfortable in that offense, and the pressure piece is going to be very difficult. Yeah. 
You know, I've really been excited about working with you guys on Thursday night. I hadn't been with you all week, but uh, I think I'm just going to tell John Dar- Darnell he can handle it when I, when I see him. Uh, <laughs> you have you the seen weather? the forecast? Yeah. <laughs> John would say, hey. Like, I'm sorry, Richard. I'm, said, I'm busy. Are you sure Richard doesn't want to do the Arkansas game? It's like 22 <laughs> down yeah. here. I, I talked to him last <laughs> week, and he was like, hey, are you are you calling to uh, let me know that you're going to be able to go to Fayette? Like, nah. Um, no, really looking forward to it. and I, I, So, weather i mean we've had all kinds of weather in this game right you go back to 92 uh, yeah. i know you love the 92 game hey Dan. that's the last one i missed is it really yeah i don't remember the 92 game we must have lost that one no that was the stand that was the stand oh the stand was 92 okay yeah. okay uh so spitting snow that day and freezing oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah uh we've had a few along the way where it's you know sunny and spectacular and we've had a few that have been pretty rainy and pretty cold and that may be what we're dealing with what effect does that have? Coaches like to do coach speak, and players say, oh, it doesn't matter, we'll play in anything. But, you know, if you've played the game, you know that if it's wet. I mean, I remember way back in high school, we played Senatobia, and Senatobia one night, and it's raining like son of a gun. Our coach still trying to throw the ball. None of us could catch it. I mean, because it was soaking wet. Like, hey, we need to run the ball here. And so there's there's some degree of, of that. Uh, but, you know, it's it's for both teams. as a team that handles it the best. We've had some egg bowls that have been just kind of rough weather-wise, and there's a potential this one. I'm hoping to get out during the day and we'll be okay by that yeah. by that night. Um, hey, Dad, you've been saying for a couple of weeks that you're keeping an eye on that forecast because you don't think rain is great for Mississippi State. I mean, I just don't I think Mississippi State's going to stick to what they've been doing these past few weeks and mm-hmm. throwing it 45, 50 times and not running the ball very much. And yeah, if that's the case, the, the rain is going to affect that. There's just no there's no getting around that if you're Mississippi State. Hey, yeah, got, there's a lot of short routes though, yeah. and so that you know it's not like it's a, a deep ball offense on a regular basis. Right. But it'll be interesting to see if if uh, we do get the weather and and who would it affect. You know, and uh, the other side of the coin is uh, nobody's really done it to this point. But Mississippi State knows they got to try to slow the run, stop the run, stop the run, force us into passing. Then we've got issues too. Good luck stopping that running attack. It's been incredible. It really has been. When you when you think about uh, two guys, and Evans has missed a couple of games. You think about two guys that have been so effective in that. And everybody thinks of Lane Kiffin as a pass-happy yeah. type coordinator and it, all about the analytics and and he's still about analytics but you know what the analytics are telling him right now run the ball hand it to q judd <laughs> and so we've been very successful in the running game david is it weird for you to watch state and Ole miss state throwing the ball this much and Ole miss running the ball this yeah much? because so in my career yeah. it's really been different yeah. you know it was mississippi state pounding it ball control uh running the clock being successful with that in the past too but it, it is a little bit different but we got two coaches that are are different too in our state i mean you're looking at Leach and Kiffin. I, that was I, well I said. Still, <laughs> I mean, Mike Leach and Blake yeah, are definitely a little bit I mean, bit you different. still go back to when they both were hired, and we all in the state of Mississippi went, wow, that's kind of different. And it's still sort of different, but they're two you know, journeymen that have had a lot of success in years past, and they do things uh, different ways, and uh, we'll see them go after each other again. So a 1,000-yard rushing season has been hard to do yeah. in Ole Miss football history. Just haven't had very many of them. Uh, Quinshawn Judkins has set the career rushing record for a single season. Did that on Saturday night. We, we realize that Zach Evans is 101 yards away from doing 1,000 the same yards thing. on the season. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. And he okay. missed two games. I mean, you know, it is, it is absolutely crazy. And you think about K.O. Dotley has held the record for years, the late K.O. Dotley, who, by the way, is one of the finest Great gentlemen man. that you yeah. could ever talk to. But 
since 49, I think. 49. You know, that's crazy. And and, Q, and a lot of people would say, well, he played fewer games. Not yet. I mean, Q Judd is sitting on 11 games, you know, to break that record. But it is, it's amazing. And you think about the success in the portal and then the success on the high school level that Lane had this past year. And you got two guys that can really can really go. And real yeah. quick, if, if Quinchon Judkins has a normal game for himself uh, Thursday night and then the bowl game, and then comes back to Ole Miss next year and, and just repeats what he does this year. Mm-hmm. He'll break Deuce McAllister's career rushing record in two seasons. In two in seasons, two years, and that's that's a great. I mean, that's Deuce that's McAllister. We're talking yeah, about. this is a guy that how many went to the Saints? Phenomenal. And you know who's pulling for him more than anybody else? Deuce. Is Deuce. Yeah. yeah, Deuce is Deuce is pulling for him to get it done. We'll talk some Egg Bowl memories with David Kellum when we come back and continue with you on Sports Talk Mississippi, broadcasting live from Holly Jolly Holidays. We're at the Oxford City Pavilion, directly across the street from Walk-Ons. They've got the ice rink up. It has been open for half an hour, and there are like 100 kids on it. And uh, I would say if, if opening day is any indication, it's going to be a hit. They're glad for it not to be 70 degrees this year. The and, ice isn't and, melting. And if you bring 500 bucks by here, Hey Dad will skate. $500, and Hey Dad will get on ice skates as well. <laughs> Sports Talk Mississippi, more coming up with you right after this. It's time for more Sports Talk Mississippi. Finally. Finally. On Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. The opening day of the ice rink is part of Holly Jolly Holidays in Oxford, and uh, I think they got the word out. I mean, people just are pouring in. This yeah. is amazing. They heard we were here, too. Yeah. Third DK was yeah, here. Sports Talk Mississippi. They've been high-fiving Hayda as they go by. They don't realize how bulldogish she is. It's <laughs> getting it all over. That's right. I pre- presented today by Visit Oxford. Do you ice skate? No, I have. I don't think I've ever ice skated. My really? girls have. Mary probably has, but um, I haven't ice skated. So, it cost, uh, hey, Dad, you you went low at five hundred. <laughs> I was gonna say, I, what's I it gonna cost to get you on it's there? It's gonna be about ten grand. It's gonna go to the NIL or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Walker <laughs> Jones is about to make some calls. Yeah, no, Walker's fixing <laughs> to get me on that ice. That's for sure. Do you, you, you want to contribute? That's to that? actually not a terrible idea. If, I, if we could raise ten thousand dollars for the Bulldog Initiative, I'll get out there on the ice. Yeah, I'll, no I'll doubt. I'll find a way to do a pirouette for ten grand. <laughs> Exactly. Somebody launch me off of that thing. Let's go. <laughs> You're going to have to have uh, an orthopedic group come in as a sponsor <laughs> right, of Sports right, Talk right, Mississippi right. as well. Uh, if they'll get me ice skates during the break, I'll go. I knew oh, Richard. Skate. Richard's not scared of anything. Yeah, absolutely. I love ice skate. No, just being, great just being it, humble, that's the only thing he's scared of. Oh, oh. yeah. That's never happened. Huh? Zing. Zing <laughs> on you. All right, DK, we, we've done this with you before. There, yeah. There's so many of them. Right. Egg Bowl memories. You know, you, if you're a fan of one of the two schools, you gravitate toward the games you won and you try to forget the games you lost. And so that's that's my my deal, too. But I think through the years, and, uh, you know, there's been some incredible down-the-wire games. The stand, obviously, for, for us was incredible. The uh, I was a student when Artie missed the field goal. That game was wild. And Were you I, I talked about no. the experience Thank there. Uh, Mary and I were sitting in the opposite end zone uh, down in Jackson. And when he kicked it 
it, it looked dead center, and state fans are on one side, Ole Miss on the other, and the state fans start cheering like mad. My heart just drops. Oh, we just got beat. And then I saw the ball kind of hang. It was looking from the end zone is a totally different view yeah. of what you get today. Mm-hmm. Saw it hang, I saw it fall, and it fell in front of the crossbar. And I told Mary, my wife, girlfriend at the time, fiance, I said, it, it, it fell in front of the bar. And all of a sudden, the state fans just like they lost their air, and the Ole Miss fans are cheering. And I had no idea what happened. All I knew was it looked really good, and then it wasn't. It was kind of crazy. And then, you know, so, so you were in the bold end end zone. I was in the bold end end zone on the opposite end of the field. That was my vantage wow. point of that particular wow. kick, which was kind of crazy. But uh, you know, there's there's just been some phenomenal games in the was in the series going forward on the two point conversion when Tommy was here to Peterson was crazy. Uh, I don't remember if that was a cold one or not. I don't. I don't remember it being. It was windy. It was really, really yeah, windy that obviously. night. Obviously, yeah. It blew, <laughs> blew the <laughs> kick back. It blew the kick back. Sure. No. I mean, I was. But that's what I was. I was thinking about the way that stadium is positioned, and I was trying. So that would have been a wind out of the. It was coming into our faces. Yeah. So out of the south, I guess. Yeah. With the way that that stadium is. Anyway. Not, and not that that another thing is kind of interesting. You know, I, I had the, the the pleasure, to be honest with you, of, of knowing Jim Ellis and Jack Crystal on the other side for for many many years. Jack was great to me, and we always would visit before the game. Jack didn't want to get into X's and O's, so I didn't push him down the road as far as oh, tell me about your team, you know. But I'd, I would always go down and visit him. He would visit me, and so I went down. I said, well, I said, well, Mr. Jack, tell me about tell me about these Bulldogs this year. What you think? He said, well, let me tell you something, David. He said, the punter, I'm, I'm saying this because he's gone. He might, he might really get mad. He said, the punter we've got is the worst punter we've ever had. Now, this was several years. I'm not going to name the punter. I'm not going to tell you I the year. Know. You already know. Shh, quiet. So anyway, <laughs> so anyway exactly he said, uh, there are 50 punters in the state of Mississippi and high school can out-punt this guy. And I thought, wow, he, so this is what he's giving me? He's mad at the punter? And so we go down, and sure enough, the first punt for Mississippi State is shanked. It goes about 16. Yards, and we all start laughing on the broadcast. I felt so bad. I thought, if there's any state people listening, to us, they think we're making fun of this punter. We just remembered what Jack had just told us. I promise you, booth. Jack said worse about him on the actual broadcast. <laughs> Maybe than so. what he told you. But he was he was so so much fun. It meant so much to our state. You know, obviously the stretch of being able to call games. Same time he was he was here with us was pretty pretty cool as well. And and your relationship with him even at the end of his life was strong, right? Yeah, no question about it. Um, he was, uh, you know, he kept going. We went to speak in Columbus, Mississippi, and uh, it was an event that we both were kind of confused why we were speaking there, but we always do what our athletic departments tell us, <laughs> and we both arrived about the same time. You like that? that the, diff- the difference is, Jackson will tell you how it is. I'm just going to be quiet and do what the ADs tell me to do. So we get out of these cars about the same time, and Jack walks over and he said, David, he said, why are we here? And I said, Mr. Jack, I really, I really don't know. So I tried to change the subject, and uh, I said, hey, this was his 50th year. I said, you hit the 50th year, congratulations. I said, that is awesome. How many more years are you going to go? He said, what the heck else have I got to do? I mean, he was he was so blunt and so cool. Then, then when he passed away. Man, By the way, I think we just got an edited version of that. This is the clean version. Former deacon in a church. I can't say the real thing. Uh, but anyway, so 
uh, you know, when he passed away, Mary and I decided to go to the, the funeral. And we also lost Stan Sandroni that same week, which is just nuts. It's a sad time. But we go to the funeral, and they've got all his plays playing in the funeral home. And, and his, I met his daughter, and his daughter did such a wonderful job. Put him in the casket with a cigarette and a microphone <laughs> in his hand, which is just <laughs> precious. You couldn't do anything better than that. And we were sitting in the back of that church, I mean, uh, the, the uh, funeral home. And I told Mary, I said, you know what? We need to get our old Miss Booties up out of here. And she said, what do you mean? I said, we're taking two seats that Mississippi State folks would like to have. And it was really tight, people standing. So we just kind of eased out to the, to the back area and all. But, uh, yeah, he meant a lot to all of us in the state of Mississippi. He was really good to me. He was one of the top five people that called me, first five people that called me when I was named the lead announcer at Ole Miss. Jack called me and congratulated me. And I asked him point blank. I said, "What? Uh, give me some advice, Mr. Jack. What do you think? I need to do. He said, well, you give the score a lot. You give the score, and you give it till you're sick of it, and then give it some more. <laughs> and so that was good. He said, now, the other thing is you need to cut out all the bull. Well, I didn't do that part. <laughs> but I did the score part. But he was probably the best technician as far as, you know, painting a picture down a distance. And he was phenomenal at, at radio. Really good. Well, yeah. I'm sure we've asked you, you know, about games that stand out for you. Yeah. What's a play that stands out for you? You know, I, I think as far as the Egg Bowl goes, uh, one of the biggest surprises was a little swing route that uh, Romero Miller caught from Deuce McAllister. That was kind of crazy, the little swing on in the Mississippi State game. And then the 12 plays, it was really 11. We call it 12 as we took a knee to end the game. But the stand was just nuts. Mississippi State had 11 shots inside the eight, and there'd be a penalty and, you know, the, all this crazy stuff going on. So that that series of plays was wild. That's a game you look back, and I, I don't know if you're on the Mississippi State staff. You're like, how do we lose that game? Oh my gosh, how many times did you get a shot to to win a game? You know that far far down. But there's been several others. Eli Manning to uh, Lawrence was pretty good. Eli Lawrence was you know pretty good. Lily Eli Lilly was pretty good uh, play as well in the day. But uh, that 2003 game, I will always remember. I mean. Terrible weather. For in, in terms of rain, there, there's rain and then there's biblical rain, and that's whatever yeah. we had that night. Yeah. yeah, that was probably shouldn't be playing rain. Yeah, yeah. that that particular year. But Jackie's last game. Oh, was it? Yeah, you would know that. I, I would know that. <laughs> and, and you you were not sad at that point, were you? At that time, I I, I stayed till the end of the game just to make sure he walked off the field. <laughs> it's like it's like it's time to go, Jackie. I love what, what was it? Nineteen ninety. 95 when Dew Innocent yeah. had his big game in Stark. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, did uh, a great job. And then the two point conversion to. Corey Peterson, he just was inside the goal line. And, you know, Corey asked me that next week, at, and, and we had him uh, on our pregame show here recently. I uh, ran into him, and he said, he said, uh, Mr. David, what would have happened if I dropped that ball? In no disrespect to this school, I said, we'd have sent your tail to Delta State. <laughs> <laughs> you drop a level, baby. Who's uh, having a fantastic year, by yeah, the way. Yeah, they Delta are. State's doing pretty good this time around. Do you enjoy doing this broadcast? This with yeah. you guys? Yeah, well, well, yeah, 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 it, yeah. Tell us how much yeah, you love being is, here. This is awesome. No. I'm to get a free lunch out of you. No, no, no. Well, we can, uh, we can absolutely <laughs> take care of that. Absolutely. Come on. 
No, I, I enjoy it, but, you know, being a diehard Ole Miss fan all my life, I'm not just a guy that got shipped in here from Ohio. I mean, I went to school at Ole Miss. My entire family's taught at Ole Miss. And so it, I'm like anybody else in the state that's really attached to one of the two schools. I don't like losing this game. I really don't. I'm a, I'm a fan announcer, as you can tell. Got a, a license on the wall, you know, that says I can be a homer because it says graduate of the University of Mississippi. But uh, I, it, the game is fun. It really is. I didn't like the stretch where it just got toxic. And it seemed like, oh gosh, what's going to happen this time? I don't like the fighting and the pushing and the shoving. Maybe a little bit, a little bit that gives it some flavor. But it got to the point uh, since uh, Lane and and uh, Leach have been here, that's been calmed down a, a little bit to some degree. But I, I love the passion in the game from both sides. I think it's uh, fun to see fans get after each other. Used to be it was at the coffee shop. Now it's all over everywhere yeah. <laughs> on the internet and, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, yeah, I love calling the game. The game is fun because it's one of those. It doesn't matter what our records are. To us in this state, every play is huge. Now, somebody watching on TV in Oregon could care less. They're just watching it to see if the game's going to be close and be kind of fun. But for us in this state, every play is big and everybody wants to win the game and uh, it makes uh, Thanksgiving interesting, that's for sure. Thanksgiving night, 6 o'clock kickoff. Ole Miss Radio Network starts at 4 o'clock and uh, we've got a ball game to play. Thanks so much for coming Thank by. Thank you, guys. Brian, appreciate you. Richard, Always good love to see listening you to you guys. and uh, It'll be fun to see how the, this one comes out, too. You're the best. David Kellum joining us on the Farm Bureau guest line, but here in person uh, as we broadcast from uh, the start of Holly Jolly Holidays at the Ice Rink on University Avenue and Bramlett Boulevard. We'll be right back after this. Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi teams with live reports from the games and practices on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV all across the Magnolia State. Thanks for being with us this afternoon in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Time for us to go to the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Jim Ellis joins us right now. He has been broadcasting Mississippi State sports since 1979. He does have a little more time to uh, to probably do some other things now that he is uh, just the voice of the Mississippi State Diamond Dogs. Uh, but picking up some basketball stuff in this busy time of year. Jim, always a pleasure to visit. It's been a while. How are you? I, I am good. Thank you. So this week, um, so much focus on the Egg Bowl and this matchup between Mississippi State and Ole Miss, and it always takes us down memory lane. So so let's just start there. When when somebody comes to you and says, hey, get, give me an Egg Bowl memory that really stands out, uh, what pops to mind first for you? Well, I guess probably my first Egg Bowl that I ever went to, uh, I, was, uh, a fairly, I was a young kid. I think I was about seven, maybe seven years old, and... Uh, my dad took me to a game. I didn't know one team from the other. And I remember being in the stands uh, waiting for the teams to come out. And uh, Ole Miss came out, and I got up and, uh, and was applauding, and my dad pulled me down. He said, no, that's Ole Miss coming out of the uh. – <laughs> so, uh, so then, then Mississippi State comes out, and so I get up and do it again. And, you know, I don't remember much about the ball game. Ole Miss won the ball game. If I remember right, it was something like 26 to 7 or something of that nature. But uh, the only thing I really remember, they had a fullback by the name of Paige Cothran 
Ole Miss mm-hmm. did. Yeah. And his socks, everybody else had their socks that pulled up. His socks were all crumpled down around his ankles the entire ball game. And that intrigued me as a, as a seven-year-old trying to watch a ball game that I didn't know a whole lot about. And uh, that's that's my only memory from that first ball game. But that was a uh, that was my first experience with Mississippi State Ole Miss. I I did go to some game. I, I really I, I remember a game. Uh, I think it was in '58. Uh, uh, was a seven-seven tie, if I remember. And I remember that game very well because a, a guy named Bubba Trammell was a running back. He scored the lone Mississippi State touchdown in that ball game, and. Uh, and his wife taught school at the elementary school I was going to that year. So, uh, you, you know, so those are some of my earliest memories of Mississippi State football and their rivalry with Ole Miss. I'm curious, Jim, how it changed for you when you went from sitting alongside Jack Crystal as he was doing the play-by-play to following him in play-by-play where it was now your responsibility to describe and chronicle the action. Did, did it change the way you watched the game or, or consumed the game at all? Yeah, it really did. I mean, as far as the way I watched the game, because there's, there's so much more. When I, when I sat beside him, I spotted uh, Mississippi State and uh, did the uh, – and then eventually we got, our, got a spotter. But for years I spotted the game and also uh, was the color guy on the ball game. And which means that you had to watch a lot, and uh, that it was away from the football when you when you do uh, some of those things. But but uh, working with Jack was was such a pleasure just to learn from him. Uh, he was his own person. He did the game the way he wanted to do it, and he did it in a style that that people really loved. Uh, he was he he. I told Jack uh, late in his career. I said, Jack, you you lived in the era where people love to listen to football games, and they love what you did, and you described the game. I still think he described uh, football games more accurately than, than anybody that I've ever listened to. But but uh, but when I started doing it myself, uh, I realized I couldn't be Jack Crystal. Nobody else could. Uh, and so I just tried to – I've been doing high school. I did, I did start with high games for almost uh, 20, I think 28 years. So I, I did a lot of high school football uh, for, for years and years and years, and I hadn't – had an own style of uh, trying to do the broadcast and and just tried to be myself um, uh, and I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed. It. I thought I was very fortunate because I broadcast the games through those Dak Prescott years, which were which were tremendous years. There were a lot of really good ball games. We uh, went to some Super Bowl games during that time. I thought I was very fortunate to be able to to broadcast during that era. You you may have shared this before somewhere along the way, but. You, you worked with Jack Crystal for a long time, and I feel like for a lot of people, Jack Crystal, they feel like they know him, and at the same time, he's this kind of larger-than-life character almost. What was what was your relationship? Was it friendship? Was it like big brother, little brother, uncle, nephew, just colleagues? How, how do you describe the relationship that the two of you had, and and maybe how it evolved through the years? Well, I was a, I was a little bit awed with uh, with Jack at first because I didn't, uh, you know, I didn't really, uh, really, really didn't know him that well when I started. Uh, but I I began to, uh, um, you know, understand him much more as as uh, as it went along. Uh, but he was good from the start. He uh, he found a place for me. He made me feel welcome. Uh, we, uh, in fact, we roomed together on the road for I guess maybe fifteen twenty years, and they start giving everybody their own room. But I mean, it was I roomed with Jack for years and years, 
so we, we did a lot of non-sports talking over the years. He, he was a, a historian. He loved history. <laughs> Uh, he had he had fought uh, in World War II or had been in the in the in the service back in then, and uh, he, he has those memories. Uh, Jack, of course, was Jewish, and he had a strong uh, faith in, the, in 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 Judaism, and and and, uh, and and we talked about those kind of things. Well, we talked family, we talked all kind of things. We had our favorite places to eat in each uh, city that we would go to, and we'd try to find that we. We had a relationship with other broadcasters. One of the things that was really special, Jack knew all the, the other broadcasters, and, and he would bring me into the conversations, and I got to know uh, uh, most of the greats in, in, the, in that era of football, and we had a bucket full of them in the Southeastern Conference, and, and that was a lot of fun. But, but Jack was, uh, he, he gave me advice from time to time, and it was good advice, and uh, we didn't agree on everything, but we had some uh, <laughs> some great arguments. And uh, but but he was he was one of the best storytellers I've ever heard. And he had, of course, I had heard all of his stories after about ten years, and so <laughs> I didn't I didn't need them. But he had he had great stories. He could embellish your story and just have you sitting there uh, eating out of the palm of his hand. Uh, a great storyteller and uh, uh, just a you know just a genuine person. Uh, and we always. Uh, I always cherish the fact that I felt like that he considered me a friend. I certainly considered him a friend, and um, and we got along well, and and we did throughout uh, throughout the history of our career. Jim, be it be it a game that you called as a color commentator or or as the the play by play announcer for Mississippi State, and not necessarily the full game, but is there a moment in the Egg Bowl that stands out to you from all the games that you called? I th- I think there there there's there's a bunch, but but if I wanted to pull. A couple. Uh, I, I think uh, that that one that I would pull uh, was the uh, ball game that we were trailing Ole Miss. Uh, I think it may have been. Uh, I can't remember the year right now, but I think I think it, I think we were trailing mm-hmm. Ole Miss in nineteen ninety. Must have been the ninety ninety eight or ninety nine season. Uh, right in there, and uh, it looked like uh, we we'd gotten a couple of big plays. Uh, gotten back into the ball game when it looked like it was as about over. Uh, had tied it up. Ole Miss had the football, trying to throw the pass down the field. Ball got uh, really batted up in the air. I think actually kicked up in the air on the uh, on the defensive play on the sideline. Return it deep enough, and then kick the field goal to end the ball game and come away with a victory. I think it was what twenty four, uh, maybe twenty four twenty one ball game. But it was a it was an unbelievable ball game. Uh, and the ending was uh, it, it, Ole Miss had pretty well dominated the game, and then Mississippi State owned the fourth quarter and won the game. That, that game always will stick out in my mind. Another game that to me was a really interesting game. Well, I think 2013, uh, when Dak Prescott came back from injury and got the ball club down the field, got a ball game tied up. We go into overtime. Uh, gets the the win in or gets the lead in overtime at seventeen to ten, and then Ole Miss uh, gets stripped of the football. It bounces into the end zone. It rolled forward into the end zone, bounced in the end zone. Mississippi State grabbed it and stepped over the uh, end zone line out of the rear of the end zone to end the ball game. Thought that was a dramatic way to close out a ball game, and Mississippi wins. State won that one seventeen to ten in overtime. Uh, those two games really jump out at me as as big moments. 
for the, on the Mississippi State side. The other one is the Artie Cosby kick. I mean, that was unbelievable. Uh, I think it was 83. Uh, we had dominated Ole Miss the entire ball game. Uh, I think had rolled up a well over 400 yards and held Ole Miss to like 150 in the game. Uh, but uh, some things happened. Ole Miss uh, had gotten the the lead in the contest, and then Cosby had a game-winning field goal set up. And when he hit it, I knew it was it was going, and, and I could tell from Jack's uh, voice that he knew it was going. And then suddenly, uh, a big uh, I, I, it was blowing a, a ton. The wind was really blowing, and it looked like it got an extra hard gust of wind and blew it right out from between the uprights, and it just sort of. Uh, took a swan dive to, to the to the uh, turf outside the goalpost over on the left side, and I I think that was the sickest feeling I've had in one of those ball games. Uh, that hey, that was uh, you know defeat snatched out of the arms of victory right there. But the, those would be some moments that that I'll remember always uh, about the series. Jim, our time is always too short. Thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. Okay, real good. Good to talk with you. Gallo knows Mississippi better than anyone. No one gets better interviews than him. Gallo. He asks all the questions everybody wants to know. Mornings on Super Talk Mississippi. This show was previously recorded. Check this out. Sports Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us. You want to be a part of the conversation? You can join us on the Ceasefire text line 601 879 4395. As a state fan, Dave Aranda would be a home run hire. I love the way he runs his program, and I would love him at state. Uh, also, uh, Chase says, My worst nightmare. I've been driving the Dave Aranda bus for well over a year now. Um, Good coach, good coach. Yeah, he is. He, he really is. So I said let's talk about the most exciting name out there. And the most when I say most exciting name out there, I'm talking about the name that would generate more buzz and more reaction than any other. It's already coaching in the state of Mississippi, and it's Deion Sanders, Coach Prime. I believe that I feel like we're putting the caveat on here over and over and over if Lane Kiffin leaves, because I suppose there is still a scenario where Lane Kiffin doesn't leave. But if Lane Kiffin leaves, Deion Sanders absolutely will be on the list of names that Ole Miss really, really explores. If there ends up being an opening at Ole Miss, I would be shocked if Ole Miss did not attempt to interview Deion Sanders for that job. So what do you what do you make of that? 
What would the reaction among fans be? What would the upside be? What would the downside potentially be? All of that stuff is stuff that would be talked about. The upside is very simple. He would get players. He would get players that Ole Miss has never gotten before, including the Hugh Freeze era where he cheated his behind off to sign two top ten classes in five years. You would get players like you've never gotten before. Every, I say every, almost every quality player would pick up the phone if Ole Miss called because of Coach Prime. And if you think that I'm crazy, look at what he was able to do to Jackson State. He would get players. And he would generate buzz and interest in your program in the marketing era of college football, where attention and money is what's going to lead to wins. He would bring you both in spades. Immediate, everyday, national coverage of Ole Miss football. Immediate with him on your sidelines and players to follow. But he's only been a head coach at the FCS level. Ceasefire text line. Kevin says, with Sanders, I feel like he would need experienced coordinators. Oh, yeah, I think that would absolutely be part of the conversation, right? Like, I mean, if, if you interview Deion Sanders and you go down that road – then you're having a conversation about what a staff would look like. But you know what? You have a conversation of what a staff would look like with every coach that you talk to. Um, Hunter in Columbus says Sanders would recruit great at Ole Miss, but Coach O recruited well at Ole Miss too. Not like that. Not even anywhere close to what Deion Sanders would do. Here's one that says, I would be jealous if Ole Miss got Deion. I'd curl into a ball and hide if Ole Miss got Dion. That's from a different number. I, I don't know if that's who that person is a fan of. Um, Jason Amory says, I've been a diehard Ole Miss fan my entire life. If Deion Sanders is hired, I will no longer follow Ole Miss football. Why, Chase? Uh, Chase in Columbus says, Deion Sanders would get players and would bring the best assistant coaches that have ever worked there. Okay. Prime is as close to LK 2.0 as there is. Bring it on. And I would encourage you to, if if you only know him based on the persona or like the way he acted on the field as a player, just pull up Google or YouTube and look up his team meetings. I mean, the Barstool guys filmed basically everything he did in that program for two years. Listen to him talk to his players. He's impressive. There's substance there. Let me take you a step beyond that. I've actually talked with some people about Deion Sanders in the event that this is a possibility. And they've said that there there are two versions of Deion Sanders. There is the kind of the public version with his team that you see, and then there's the the behind-the-scenes version. And the the behind-the-scenes version that you don't see with Deion Sanders is one of extreme organization, of incredible business savvy and a really, really bright guy. And I'm not saying that those things don't come through personal, but but he has a little bit different tone in the public where he's got the gold chains going and, and, and kind of the flash and the bling that's with it. There is a serious guy behind that. The other thing I'll share with you quickly, TCU interviewed him 
just kind of for giggles before they hired Sonny Dykes, and they came away so impressed that they almost hired him. This show was previously recorded. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.